0: It's time for Enlightenment in the City with El Hoshotara on the News for the Soul Network. El is a spiritual coach and intuitive reader with a unique flair. Strong yet soft, compassionate with a heart, she lives the consciousness of being feminine with strength. El tells it like it is. Welcome El Hoshotara back to News for the Soul. Hi, everybody. Welcome to News for the Soul. I'm your host for this hour, Elmaya Hoshiam Tara. You can find me on www.enlightenmentinthecity.com. We have some mailbag today. Uh, so if you want to call in, you can either go to our website and call, that's newsforthesoul.com, and you can find our number there. If you are quick, 646-595-4274. Again, that's 646 646- five nine five four two seven four. If you are fast enough to be able to catch that phone number. And you can also email your questions in to on the air at tellus.net That's on the air at tellus.net And for some reason I want to say I'm getting pushed to say. And if you want to send us an actual letter that goes through the mail, uh, that you're totally fine to do that as well. And isn't that interesting? Um So let's talk today about, like, love and compassion and caring um, and what all that looks like because, you know, we – let's talk about the people that we love that aren't perfect um, because, you know, we're not perfect. So let's talk about that for a second and all these, like, ridiculous um, expectations. So one of the differences um, between, you know, interdependency and codependency – I mean, at its basis is understanding that you are responsible for your life. That's it. Um, And unfortunately, what happens on this plane is if you don't have certain things figured out um, by a certain point in your life, it becomes a lot harder to accomplish that. So for all of you people in your 20s and 30s and your parents are pushing you, pushing you, pushing you um, to have a career, to make good choices, et cetera, they're usually understanding that it's going to set you up for either life going a lot better for you or life being a right-wing nightmare. And I know that's kind of not fun to hear when you're on the receiving end of it, but that's basically what it is. Um, In some cases, you know, parents are trying to help you learn from your mistakes, or help you learn from their mistakes. In other cases, yes, it's the ego, um, but it's still a really good thing to understand because it's what helps you set yourself up for life because when people don't, Um, You know, they think they have all the time in the world and things get more challenging. And yes, life doesn't always work out the way you think that it does, um, but it can, or it can work out even better. So it's not always a, you know, life doesn't work out the way you think it does and crash. Um, But what happens when we have people that we love and we care about, but things aren't always perfect. So again, um, one of the things for, you know, the main differences is understanding that we're responsible and, Yet sometimes, um, especially if you didn't set your life up in the beginning, um, you know, in your 20s and 30s, the way you really needed to financially, that can make things a lot more challenging, you know. And some people, you know, they didn't have the resources, um, including internal resources. They didn't understand the resources that were outside of them. Um, And that's one thing to overcome. And sometimes, you know, we love people who, you know, fall to illness, um, you know, uh, car accidents, health issues, um, you know, bad divorces, you know, a bad choice that, you know, you don't really think is a big deal when you're young and then you grow and um, now you're family with that person forevermore, um, you know, whatever it looks like for you. So there's a lot of different ways that we we do make mistakes and they can make and they can be lifelong impact until we learn to turn them around. Um, but one of the huge differences between interdependency and codependency is that, yes, not everybody's perfect in interdependency, but they're it's easier to help people in interdependency than it is in codependency. Um, and, because, and, you know, what are the reasons for that? Well, number one, there's a lot less abuse in interdependency than there is in codependency. Um, there's a lot less being out of balance. Or if you help somebody, you know, get somewhere or you give them, you know, a break, it doesn't mean that they're going to be able to do it. But sometimes you are okay with, you know, helping a friend longer term or, um and you are, you know, leaving money to them in your will or whatever else. So there's a lot of things that can happen out of that, but there's not the expectation. And there's not the, um, there's not the pushing over of the boundaries. There's not the invasiveness of the boundaries um, if provided somebody's interdependent in that area. So what if you have somebody's interdependent and they are invading your boundaries? Um, so again, interdependence does not mean perfect. There's, you know, everybody has at least a little bit of codependency, which is important to understand. Um, But again, it's just that, you know, if those things do happen, even if it takes a while to get through to the person, um, you know, you can either part ways, they'll find different help um, or you help and you have a talk with them and it may take a while, but, Things will work out after and maybe, you know, you're in a funky mood for a few weeks or something like that um, until you get over it. But there's space, um, you know, for you to, you know, get over um, the upset you've had, even though it's been resolved or any upset that they've had. Um, but you have enough experience of the person to know that they're trustworthy, they're honest. Um, you love them and you have love built up for a good reason, not just because you're supposed to, um, according to codependency, which is very different than love flowing through you from the universe. Um, but you have basically enough to say like, it is worth working through this with this person. Now in codependency, of course, people, I'll tell you left, right, and center, and quite frankly, I hate this one, um, but they, you hear things like, well, you've been friends for a long time, you should work it out. And you, you know, one person's been violated for like years, if not decades, when you get older, And they finally learn how to stand up for themselves and then somebody thinks is in codependency, um, you know, but you've been friends forever. You should work this out. And it's like that's not necessarily what what either person would have considered a friend um, even though they hung out the same group. And why would that happen? Maybe, um, you know, maybe they were hanging out the same group so people assumed they were friends. Or for some people in codependency, they call that friendship and you may be acquaintances, but acquaintances is different than friends. So friends is more by choice. Um, or some people, you know, they're in reality that you're not even friends. They're like, but you've known each other for so long. And it's like, okay, but knowing somebody for so long doesn't mean you should continue to take abuse or toxicity. Um, you know, lashing out, whatever. Um, <clears throat> it doesn't mean that, um, it, it um, so, you know, there are times where, you know, you are acquaintances and you do need to work things out. And sometimes you help because, yes, you have love in your heart. And sometimes you don't. And guess what? You still have love in your heart. It just doesn't mean that you're going to be the appropriate person to help that person. Now, what about all the stuff out there that's like saying, love, love, love? I think it's great. When it 's used properly, and love is not about pushing you into bad situations or putting other people into bad situations based on, a, on an idea that somebody has, um, so you can have love in your heart and say no completely and absolutely so for codependency, that doesn 't look like love because people are very often out of balance, and when they try to get in balance, they have other people they feel like guilt they feel are guilt tripping them oh you don't have love in your heart because you're not allowed yourself to be, you know, pressed out of balance by Sally, you know. Um and it's like, ooh, look at you. You know, and there's that sort of like bashing, guilt tripping, manipulation. And by the way, all manipulating and guilt tripping, um, bullying are all abusive. Okay, so sometimes like we know bullying is abusive here in North America, but people don't tend to understand that about guilt tripping either or manipulation. Those are sort of like the sneaky things where people pull that, but they're not being toxic or abusive. Um, yeah, actually, they are. Um, so manipulation, guilt-tripping, definitely abusive, just to be clear about that, um, because it's anything that causes, like, harm, like that push to, to do harm is considered abusive, um, and that is guilt-tripping somebody into doing something that's not good for them or manipulating them into doing something um, that's bad for them. So what happens if you and Sally are in a community together and you've never really got along, but... You've managed to – you can sit there and make small chit-chat, and sometimes Sally participates, and sometimes she doesn't. When she doesn't. She really doesn't. Um, you know, but now Sally's, like, in need or she's moving. Um, you have choice about that. And if you are – you know, if it's going to throw you to out of balance, like, you're going to have to not work that day, and so you're going to be losing money on that day, especially if you have a big deal, or especially if you, know, you don't make that much money. So some people are like, it's not that big of a deal. Well, if you don't make that much money, it is a big deal because you need that money to pay your bills at the end of the month. And absolutely saying no is still having love in your heart because you can have as much love for Sally as you ever did, um, or you can even increase the love you have for Sally and still say no. And in fact, if you say no to Sally, and that's respected, um, and Sally changes magically, and starts being more responsible in her responses demands, men's etc there's a good chance that you're going to be able to be a little bit kinder to sally it makes it a little bit easier to open your heart to sally and you can open your heart to sally anyways but opening your heart doesn't mean that you need to open yourself and get abused it does not mean that you need to show up help her move um, while she's sitting there taking her shit out on you all the time um and Ram Das was actually talking about this, that, you know, when somebody is trying to take advantage of him on a business deal, he said he didn't let it happen because he can't afford the karma that would put him in the place of allowing somebody else to do that. So if that person wanted to try to take advantage of him, of Ram, that would be the other guy's karma. But if Ram Das allowed it to happen, that would be Ram Dass of karma. And again, in codependency, people are often looking for an excuse to seem like they're being taken advantage of, and that's not the same thing. And if you are, you know, for anybody who's doing that, that is your karma. If you're twisting things around to make it seem like you're hard done by in places you aren't, that's your karma. And it's not a good one. Trust me on that. Um, people who play the victim chronically tend to face a lot of rejection. And they don't often... Um, understand why they're being rejected, and then they think the world is mean, um, but what they don't understand is when they're getting, you know, set up from other people uh, for things that they they couldn't have known, there's no way they could have possibly known, they didn't know because they weren't in on the gossip of that group, and now they're getting in trouble for magically not knowing, um, and they're safe, being faced with losing all their friends because they didn't know something that, they, there's no way they could have known, you know, you just started at a job. Apparently, somebody's fucking the boss's romantic partner. Okay, you did not know that. Uh, But you should have warned them that the boss's spouse was coming. It's all your fault that they got busted. No, that's lack of responsibility. In a nutshell, um, and and that sort of thing is abusive. So you're not the jerk who didn't catch the boss's spouse walking in, so somebody got busted, the boss's spouse. You were the victim in that. Um, when they're trying to bully you or get mad at you or take all this stuff out on you, okay? And I've said this a lot on a lot of shows. And that's what it looks like when people are playing the victim. And it's one reason why people get rejected when they're playing the victim a lot. Another reason why people get rejected for playing the victim is because they tend to get very mopey and very melancholy. And, again, this is very different. Playing the victim is very different than when you've actually been a victim of something. And so sometimes you can feel like the ouch, you can feel the receiving end of it. But it's very important that you're you're in reality to how much was actually there and only to the degree that it was there. Um, In North America, you know, we've got mental health issues on the rise, and that's one of the contributing factors, really. because people play the victim, they get rejected. Um, they get rejected either because they're too much trouble, they get rejected because they're abusive, again, that, you know, getting everybody in the office against you because you didn't catch that, um, <clears throat> that somebody was having an affair with the boss's spouse, and, you know, the boss walked in or whatever, or vice versa, whatever. Um, <clears throat> those sorts of things happen. And then what happens is if you're on the receiving end of that a lot, and people who... Um, play the victim a lot and tend to look go around looking very melancholy um, tend to be magnets for it um, people who do that a lot um, that sort of weakness people don't tend to like and so what will happen is when people feel like the victim but they don't understand that that's one of the causes is just playing the victim they'll feel like they have to overshoot it and then you get people who are too pushy um, and then they get invasive. Um, <clears throat> that's when you get bullying as well. You know, they're in your face, you know, they're a victim. How dare you betray them? And you're standing there going, um, no, don't fuck the boss's spouse. Just saying. And like, no, they're the victim and they're going to get you, you know, you don't have any consideration. It's like, what consideration? You're fucking the boss or spouse, you know, what consideration do you need to have for them? Like, seriously. Um, So there's that, but also when people feel like they're a victim a lot, they'll over-push because they think people are out to get them a lot. Um, And they'll get rejected a lot, so they feel like they have to push to get needs met, but the pushing to get needs met is also another reason why they're getting rejected. Now, in codependency, people say, well, I'm supposed to just sit there and not have my needs met? No, but there's a difference between... Asking somebody for help, which is interdependent, and pushing them into it or not taking no or being very invasive about it um, because people in – when there's a lot of codependency, people are often very much in the reality that um a lot of people don't tend to want to meet their needs. And is that true? Yeah, uh, quite frankly. Um, but people don't tend to want to meet their needs either because they can't. Um, and codependency is not the land of, you know, reality – so you'll get people who will walk into, you know, the um, auto mechanic shop and then start screaming at the baker. Um, you should bake me a cake. Now, if you're, you know, out of that enough, which most people are, you understand that's like really off the rocker. But people do things like yell at people whose job it is not to handle those aspects all of the time. Ask anybody who works as a cashier at a grocery store. You know, people are getting mad at them for not carrying, at the cashier, for not carrying their favorite yogurt. Well, the cashier is not carrying the favorite yogurt. The store they work at may not carry somebody's favorite yogurt. Um, But if somebody wants their favorite yogurt in, they either need to um, put it on a list as a request for a manager, talk to the manager nicely, and and make the request for the yogurt. And if they're not going to carry it because that store doesn't have the clientele for it, then the person that wants a certain type of yogurt has to go to a different store to get it. And there are specialty stores that carry specialty items at a premium, um, but they have to have a market for it, otherwise they're gonna lose money on it. So in codependency, you get a lot of I don't care if they're losing a hundred or five hundred dollars every time they make an order. Hey, I'm the customer, so I'm always right. No? It just means you have to go somewhere else because if you're accommodating as a business owner, you know, say fifty dollars worth of loss <clears throat> Um, You can't do that over every little item just to make somebody happy because otherwise they're going to have to go to a different grocery store. It just means you have to go to a different grocery store. So what if there's not enough? Okay, well, you have the option to, um, you know, contact, um, ask them, well, if you buy an entire case, because if you want it, you know, buy a lot of it, make it worth their while to bring it in. And some stores will be happy to accommodate you if they can, if you're buying a big enough amount. Now, will all stores do that? No. But it just means that you have to find a different way, which is the interdependent way. But codependent way gets mad at people who, you know, don't want to take a financial loss because somebody doesn't want to be responsible for, you know, they don't want to pay $8 for a specialty yogurt. Okay. They want to pay $5 for it at the, gr- at the cheap grocery store. Okay. And I can totally get not wanting to pay $8 for yogurt. I can totally understand that. Um, <clears throat> but, and or maybe they only want one carton. I get that. But if you want something, it is up to you to take the um, full impact and take full responsibility for whatever it is that you want. And if it's not worth it to buy a caseload of yogurt, and I don't know very many people that it would be worth to um, buy a caseload of yogurt, then you just don't buy it because it's your choice. You can either buy a case or you can choose not to because you can't eat that much yogurt. If you want to be able to eat that much yogurt and you want a good price on it then talk to your friends and family and see if they want to go in on a case of yogurt with you and if you don't want to do that or you can't organize it or people aren't giving you the money so it's too much hassle then you have the choice to go through all that hassle you take the hit for the financial loss of having too much yogurt that nobody wants to eat because the store owner would be having to do that too um <clears throat> and then you can decide if it's worth it for you or not and that's interdependency codependency it's Yell at the cashier, who has absolutely nothing to do with um, ordering, has absolutely nothing to do with managing, has absolutely nothing to do with um, figuring out if there's enough of a clientele for it or not. They may put the request in for you. They may like the idea and put the request in for you. But it doesn't mean that it's going to be feasible financially. And so it just means that if you want that yogurt, you pay $8 for it at a different store or in my case, Kite Hill Yogurt, I'm talking to you. I have to go to a different country to get those cream cheese that I want because it's the only cream cheese I want is, is Kite Hill. And that's, I mean, I'm not getting paid for that plug, but Hey, I'll give them the plug. Maybe it'll get big enough and they'll come to Canada. Cause Kite Hill almond milk cream cheese is the best thing. It is like, it tastes like the real thing to me. Having said that, not having had real cream cheese, um, <clears throat> Plain, you know, just on crackers or something in a very long time. Um, but it tastes like the real thing to me. And it's, I have a really hard time with steak cheese products. So when I want Kite Hill cream cheese, I have to go to the United States of America and I'm Canadian and I do it because it's worth it. I don't do it very often. Um, but when I do go down there, I load up on the Kite Hill cream cheese because I can't get it up here. And it's a very long drive and the gas money is substantial um to go do it so when we are in that area i do make sure that i load up and you know sometimes it's the dates are a little bit close so i'm okay do i want to get this many but i might be eating things a little bit past the expiry date P.S. i hate eating things past the expiry date um or the best before date i know some people think it's a scam i still don't like doing it um but those are my options and so you know if i want it then That's what I've got to do, and I've got to, you know, do I eat it past expiry date, or, um, you know, do I just gorge myself on it for a few days so I get tired of it, Um, you know, or do I just buy less and go without, and those are my options, because as a responsible human being, I know it is, and if I want it, I have to go get it, not bully some poor cashier who has absolutely nothing to do with the process, excuse me, into getting something that they can't even get in Canada anyways, Um, so her manager wouldn't even be able to do it, so Um, You know, all these things come into play and interdependency is, you know, if you want something, you go do it. Now, what happens if you're more providing for yourself and you get in the flow of that and things start turning out better because they usually do, it's a lot easier to be in interdependency than it is in codependency. Um, Some people come up and they do the attacks, right? Um, They do the attacks over, um, you know, like, oh, you're selfish, you're figuring things out, you know, you're on your way, oh, you can't help so-and-so move because, you know, you're going to the United States to get your Kite Hill cream cheese, you know, um, <clears throat> on your one day off or whatever it is. Uh, You have a right to do that and you have a right to, you know, do that and say like, you know, hey, if you had given me more notice, I could have organized it otherwise. And, you know, sometimes it's worth it, sometimes it's not. So are there people that I would organize the day differently for when I go get my Kite Hill cream cheese? Yes, absolutely. Um, but last minute, like, you know, for how early we go down there, you know, do I want to do that for last minute when somebody could have just told me differently and I could have organized things differently? It's up to you what you want to do. In some cases you will. And in some cases you can't because you have other appointments with other people, um, that you can't cancel, or it's just going to be irresponsible to cancel because you can't, if you start dropping everything, um, based on somebody's wing and codependency you're going to be unreliable basically codependency says that's mean and wrong um but then codependency they're constantly getting people are constantly getting mad at them and they can't figure out why and part of it is because they look unreliable why do they look unreliable because they keep giving in to dropping everything at a moment's notice um even when it's really important or it, or somebody needs it to, or somebody's organized themselves enough Um, to keep that date and they drop it for um, two because they feel like they're supposed to or have to or they're going to lose friendships if they don't drop certain activities or plans that they had in order to accommodate somebody who wasn't responsible or, um, you know, told them last minute or whatever it is. So what happens is in codependency versus interdependency, there is this breaking point where you will have to choose what end of the scale you're going to play on. And if you choose interdependency, you, chances are you're probably going to lose some codependent people, Um, either in the beginning, you know, maybe for a while, if it's family, um, maybe long-term in some cases. Some people are so codependent that if you don't do exactly what they want, regardless of how much um, – trouble is going to cause you or other people if you cancel those plans uh, to accommodate the codependency they're never going to talk to you again. And a codependency um people get very scared of people walking off because they don't have many other options. Um but the reason they don't have options in part is often because they're seen as unreliable because they're not keeping to their word and keeping the plans. Including the plans that just feel great to do. You're going to a concert with a friend, great. Codependency says that's selfish. You should help, you know, Sally move at the last minute. Okay, that's option A, but if you look at it from an interdependent standpoint, you're basically telling Kira that she put $200 into a concert ticket for no good reason because you're going to cancel on her. Sally in codependency says, well, Kira should just understand, so you're supposed to lose $200 in concert ticket you supposed to lose $200 on a concert ticket or Sally says, well, you should just sell it because there's no responsibility and no comprehension for Sally that she needs to be self-responsible for her stuff. It's that you should make the adjustments. Um, and that's $400 worth of loss because otherwise Sally needs to learn that she needs to give people more time um, <clears throat> to be able to have enough space to be able to help her. Um, it also needs to be reasonable because people don't tend to like people who, um, you know, it's costing you $400 and somebody's snarling at you and not being self-responsible at all. And so t- people like that tend to not get very much help at all, again, um, because they're doing the snarling, but they're snarling because they don't correlate the fact that they're getting a lack of help with the fact that they're being codependent. Uh, and that's really important to understand. Um, so in interdependency, you go to the concert and you have a great time. And you don't feel bad about it because why should you? You made plans. You knew what your plans were. You were keeping to the plans you made. That's called interdependence. Why? You're keeping your word. And that is one um, aspect of success that helps people create stability in their lives. It helps to squish the, <coughs> excuse me, the what looks like an unreliable nature of codependency um, and it allows you to have fun. Now, could have been, she says, well, what about poor Sally? There's no poor Sally there. Sally had, um, if she needed help, she had to ask in a timely manner. If she didn't, then that's something she's going to have to learn the next time. Now, are there serious consequences with that? Sometimes. Uh, sometimes people are so disorganized, they won't ask you to help them move until the day of, that they're moving. And now they're in a panic because they didn't ask anybody. And now they're putting, you know, the arm twisting on you. Um, And then can that be problematic? Yeah. Um, you know, they're going to have to hire a truck. They may have to sleep in a truck to hire, you know, to, um, guard their stuff. They may not be able to get um, everything moved into the truck. They may have to spend a lot more on movers than they expected because they've got an emergency situation. Um, you know, and none of those things will really hurt Sally, but it probably doesn't feel very good to go through that. Um, but it's a matter of somebody needing to get organized and get, you know, and really understand that when people don't, again, that Sally screwing herself over, not other people screwing Sally over because they have concert plans. Um, But in codependency, you know, when you're having a fun time, you know, that could be canceled, quote unquote, um, regardless of the impact. So why do you just have a coffee date with a friend? Keep your coffee date. Why? Because it is really important to understand that, you need to be reliable and keep your word, even over things that you could cancel. You could easily cancel. Maybe your friends wouldn't even mind. They still keep your word. Why do you keep your word? Because if you go into breaking your word too much, we go back into the unreliability of codependency. Um, and as for Sally, that's one of the lessons that's very hard to learn um, when there's too much codependency in different areas is that you have to be responsible for your own life. And when people don't understand that, even on very minor things that they could do, you know, just learning to ask for help sooner. Hey, I'm moving next month. <clears throat> this is the day I need to be moving out. Can you help me? <clears throat> you know, a month in advance is more likely to get good results. And when people can do that without being, having a chunk taken out of them, it's easier to make friendships, it's easier to have support, and it's easier for people to be able to give um, at all or even a little bit more, because there's not going to be such a, well, number one, there's not going to be the abusive factor of it, but number two, it also makes it a lot easier to accommodate. And because codependency in an area that people are codependency codependent, you know, there's some sort of factor where people aren't understanding that they need to be responsible for their own lives and other people do too. And because they don't understand that well enough yet, they tend to over-push on other people or think that they need to take themselves down and then you get the people who feel like they're a victim because nobody likes them, everybody's against them because they're mad at them, because why didn't you ask me to help? You move a month ago, whatever it is, they feel like a victim um, and then they feel like they have to play the victim because they feel that's what the world is demanding of them and then that gets them picked on um, because it's very draining to be around people who um chronically play the victim, which is very interesting. Um, and so what breaks that cycle really is just being responsible for one's own life and understanding that and then making changes. And some of those changes are pretty small, like in this case, it's just, hey, um, <clears throat> I needed to know months ago that you wanted help to move tomorrow. Um, so it doesn't always have to be a big deal, but because codependency also, and this is very calming, even outside of codependency, Um, it's interesting that people don't want to associate the fact that they're in so much pain and suffering over small items um, or small actions that they could have done. It's too hard for the mind to comprehend that they could be through so much pain and suffering. They could have gone through so much abuse over small things that could have just been fixed and done differently. And In a lot of cases, that's actually true. It's the darndest thing. Um, So When people are stuck and they can't figure out why, is because they're usually looking for something big and magnanimous to happen um, to explain why everything's gone wrong and you know nothing makes sense and da 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 da. But it does make sense if you're willing to do it. And what does that mean? That people who are very stuck can actually get out of a lot of more stuckness than they think, provided they want to, provided they're willing to, and can accept that a lot of the reasons that they're in pain and suffering are because of things that they just need to organize differently or take responsibility for. And it's the darndest thing. So some people say um, everybody can heal, but not everybody will. And it's the darndest thing. So if you wanted a pain and suffering, then you call me. Um, And we have that conversation, you know, we set up some coaching sessions and things can go a lot better. And this is whether in codependency, um, I don't do people who are currently in abusive relationships. Um, You know, that would be more your trauma therapy. Um, your somatic therapy, because if you're in an abusive relationship, that means that's a sign that one or both of you could actually have nervous system issues. Um, And I don't, I don't work on that. Um, But those sorts of things can be resolved and make it so that even if your partner doesn't want to cooperate, you know, you can, you can heal yourself and either they'll be a little bit less reactive or you'll be in a space where you can leave. If you do want to save the relationship, and you both work on your nervous system issues, it tends to be a lot easier to get along when both people are regulated than it is when both people are not regulated. So just saying that and putting that out there. Um, So thank you so much. So we have, let's see here, we're going to do mailbag. Okay, we have, I'm going to do this really really quick. Shelly in Australia. uh, She wants to know what's blocking her third eye expansion. So Shelly, there's some interesting stuff out there. Hold on. Um, so I'm not, unfortunately, going to do a reading um, on that because there's some pretty interesting stuff that's shooting out of that. Um, what I will tell you, though, is that I did remove the block. I just assumed because you wrote in um, that I had your permission to do it. It was not your sorta expansion um, the expansion part that was blocked, it was that you were having a blockage accessing it. So I just pulled it out kind of like, you know, the guillotine. (laughs) There's a two sides of the wooden box and you just pull the blade out. Um, So I just pulled out the blockage like that and that's it. So you should have access now, but because of things going very weird um, and um, interesting stuff coming out of that, that's all that I'm going to do um, because it's like, Oh, look at all the stuff that's been released and moving now. And that's a lot to be able to deal with on the air. So, um, I'm not going to do readings further on that, but that should help. So if you have any other issues with it, you can call me back, um, or sorry, write back in. But yeah, that's all I'm going to do for today because it's like, it has been released. Um, and that's a lot to sort through um, while doing on the air for readings for other people. But thank you so much and good luck. Um, so let's see here. And yes, it was open. So just to be clear, okay, no, just give me a minute here. Uh, Sandra in New York. She wants to know what I see for her for upcoming year and travel opportunities. Sandra in New York. Okay, so, Sandra, you're going to have a couple of opportunities. You're going to have one in the spring and you're going to have one in the fall. And I would suggest that you skip the spring one because that's going to take away from your fall opportunity. Uh, Let's see here. So the fall one would work a lot better for you than the spring one will. Um, It's not going to be as satisfying, though, as you think it will be. Let's see here. So sometimes people say, like, you know, trust your heart. Um, In your case, um, trusting your heart is more about trusting what you think you know as opposed to the things that are actually going to be um, beneficial for you. So for you, it looks like more um, when you get an opportunity to go somewhere and you're like, I don't think so um but there's a lot of foliage um go as interesting as that sounds um and I do want to be a little bit careful in, when saying and I am about to say this um go where somebody's giving you an, a, an opportunity to travel and you're like really that go <laughs> um and again you know I can't tell you that completely and absolutely across the board but um there is one place that you, um, it does look like is an option for you, but you're kind of like, no, no, no. And sometimes it's interesting that the places that we're like told, like, we're just, we don't feel it. We have absolutely no, um, pull towards it. And we go and it's like, oh my gosh, it's absolutely wonderful. Um, I have a park near my house, same thing. Like the name of it, it's just like, Wah. um, and I was so resistant to going, but somebody kept, you know, insisting, insisting, insisting. I'm like, Wah. um, But finally, I went just to accommodate them, and it's an amazing park. Like, it is really an amazing park, and it's not what I was expecting because a lot of their park choices was just say they and I disagree on what makes a good park, (laughs) Um, including in terms of vibration. Um, But, you know, I love the person. (laughs) Um, Sometimes they have trouble making choices, but again, you know, like, okay, I'm willing to do this because I love you. Um, I want to spend time with you because I love you okay this one already um but we actually ended up did end up finding that and you know some there are some places where um it does seem like they have sort of like a negative vibration um so if you can't um tap into it beyond that i was just doing a read on the name as opposed to the area um you know and there's a lot of interesting stuff on there it was actually a really beautiful park and actually really i'm glad that um I went and I'm really glad that, you know, um, we go there sometimes, but it's really not what I was expecting by any means, um, by doing the read, because there's a lot of layers to it. So I really have to look underneath all the layers, um, to be able to get there. And yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And you're kind of being called towards doing that. It's like, it's going to seem like it's not your thing. It's not going to, it's going to seem like it's not your thing, but go, um, again, I'm seeing, like foliage, and that would be a really good place for you to check out. Um, But as for the, you know, the spring and the fall one, it seems like your ideas of what you think are going to be working for you really aren't what you need. Um, So just keep open for that. And there's some really lovely travel opportunities for you. And good luck. And we have, let's see. So Kathy in Boston, she wants to know how I see your court case turning out for both short-term and long-term effects. So one moment, Kathy in Boston. So Kathy, short-term, it looks like it's going to be frustrating. Um, Long-term, it doesn't look like it's going to be giving you the piece that you were hoping that it's going to give you. Um, It actually looks like you're going to be more bothered by it long-term. And it seems like it's something that you are going to need to process out with somebody, um, the effects of it, because it just looks like, It just looks like it's going to be something that's going to stay with you for years. Um, I see there's stuff about it that you don't like, that you don't want to face. Um, See here, hold on. It seems like resolution um, would be the best case scenario um, for you and them. It doesn't look like you want to um, participate in that. I understand why you wouldn't want to participate in that. It probably would still feel more like the other side is sort of like winning because it seems like it's more something they want than you want. Um Yeah, there we go. And part of it would be that if you did do that, it seems like you're going to be stuck. Let's see, resolution. Hold on. And it seems like if you were to do resolution, you would actually be um, stuck on that long-term and not really making much leeway beyond it. So let's see, long-term, going ahead as it is, this looks like it's going to be very impactful for you. And it doesn't seem like there's a lot of getting out of that, um, really, one way or another. It seems like there's um, there's places that this is really gonna stick for you. Um, it just seems like something that you are, hold on here. It just seems like it's something that you're very destined to go through. Um, It looks like you had um, similar challenges in a previous life um, for how you were handling um, similar issues. Um, And it seems to be more about... um, it seems to be more about the classroom effect for you, about how you're going to handle things, um, <clears throat> how you want to play it, how much you want to give in to the feelings of upset. Um, and it seems like things um, were handled in previous lifetime in a previous lifetime where you were really charging full force ahead um, with the same person, not being, um, not really looking at any circumstances, um, not looking at your mood, um, attitude towards how things were going. Um, and just like charging straight ahead, you know, hand up, fist out, being like, this is gonna, you know, this is what you're gonna do. Um, and it seems like it's this lifetime is just sort of it's like a second chance for you to learn how to deal with the problem and to um work on changing your attitude attitude towards how you're going to change this um so you know i mean take 2 uh let's see it actually, so as much as you don't like this, and I want to be very clear about this, this is much lighter than what you went through um, the, the first time around. This is much lighter. This is a much easier, much lighter version um, than what you went through the first lifetime when you were trying to handle this. Let's see here. Oh. Um. So, I mean, they are saying that you are going to handle it, which is good, um, because you don't want this to go into, like, round three for lifetime three. Um, It does seem like, as it stands, um, hold on here. So it does seem like you have the choice of whether you want to get this settled and work through this in this lifetime or whether you want to have tendrils of this going through to to another lifetime. Um, What they are saying is that, um, you know, you have the capacity to work this out. Um, There may be a few tendrils. They're saying like you have more than enough capacity to work this out so that you're not taking a lot of it, and, like, well, how much of this is she going to take into the next lifetime? Um, They're like, no, no, no. It doesn't need to be that way at all. She's got capacity um, to not do that, but you do have, like, some tendrils left hanging over. Um, so it'd be kind of like, you know, walking through a cloud where somebody's smoking for the next lifetime. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, like, do we really need to have that, you know, going through the next lifetime and just sort of, you know, like colouring things where you don't know why things are happening. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, be able to go to the grocery store and just get your shopping done without, you know, whispers going through going, you know, like, what am I missing? You know, that person looked at me badly. Um, oh, I don't like that person, you know, and then like, you know, being stuck for a year going through, I hate going to the grocery store because the way people look at me, you know, it's, it's sort of like that level um, kind of but different um, those tendrils it looks like could affect it it looks more like you'd be not not doing resolution on it, it looks more like um, about five years of like you know teary eyes and having a tough time and stuff like that and I mean you know some people are like, next lifetime, don't need to do that. Um, you know, it, it doesn't look like it's, it looks like it's a little bit, it would be a little, um, a little sad, you know, like, not like completely necessarily devastating, but it just seems like it's something that you'd be better off to just handle this lifetime and then not go through five years of like being teary-eyed and stuff like that because of the impact that the was bringing into the next lifetime would have. And, you know, this is true. And thank you so much, Kathy, for writing. And I really wish you the best of luck. Um, but I also want to be very clear, like, for anybody, um, it's really important to get things done what you can this lifetime because you don't want things to go into future lifetimes if you can avoid it. You know, it's just it's a lot of nonsense. And over what? I mean, you know, past life stuff, I mean, that's really hard to um, – to figure out unless, you know, you're actively, actively working on it. Um, And even then it's a lot easier just to deal with things when you know that they're in front of you. And I know sometimes people feel like um, they feel like they don't want to work on things because it's too hard. There's a lot of time, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, when things are placed in front of you that you can actually see why these things are happening, you know, things are exploding in front of you in a court case as an example. Um, those things are actually really amazing gifts from the universe. Why? Because they're there so you can work on them so that you don't have to go through this unknown suffering in the next lifetime because you don't know what's going on. So any time, I know, and I know that seems counterintuitive. I'm going through a hard time. This is great. <laughs> Um, But it is, it really is, because that means that's the stuff that you can get resolved, that's the stuff you can get healed, provided that you actually want to do that and you're willing to be reasonable and look at what your attitude is going into it, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And Kathy, honey, attitude is definitely part of it. Um, You know, that reasonability, self-responsibility thing, definitely part of it. Um, And I know it seems like it's, like, not fun and it looks like a really, it's like watching it's like watching a, a small child eat a piece of like wasabi taffy or something. It's like, they're like, wow. <laughs> um, <coughs> so, you know, and I'm laughing more at the kids. Uh, the, uh, you know, three-year-old tastes, wasabi taffy. Um, but I understand from your point, like this just, it, it doesn't look very good. It doesn't look like it feels very good. Um, but it is a great gift because, again, it means that instead of going through things that you're suffering through and you don't know why you're suffering, Um, the universe has allowed it to come to your consciousness so that you can clear it. And I know it's one of those things where it's like, you're trying to get across the point of like, trust me, this is really good. Um, It's kind of like handing somebody a shovel. They don't understand why they're giving a shovel. They're complaining about the shoveling, but there's like a treasure chest down below, Um, you know, because any suffering that you can stop this lifetime. So you're not repeating it in, in future lifetimes. That's great. That's really amazing. And it's a huge gift. Um, and then that brings you closer to God, right? That brings you closer to resolution. That increases your healing. That increases how much you've healed. Um, you know, building skill sets. so You go in next lifetime with these skill sets as well. Um, higher ability to, res- to be resolution, more reasonability, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because it's a lot easier to be the people who, you know, they're not wondering why the frick things happen. You know, they're not going through bad times and they're at the a complete and total loss and they have the skill set to be able to get along with other people. I mean, all those things are really beautiful gifts, and you can get them now, this lifetime, right in front of you. So when the hardship hits, be thankful and say, thank you, God, for teaching me this lesson, seriously, because that's what it is. Um, So we're almost at the top of the hour here. We're going to do Dana in New York really quickly. Um, She wants to know what is happening with current employment in the next few months. So Dana in New York. One moment. I'm sorry, Dana. I don't see anything right now. Um, <clears throat> let's see. What's on here? It just looks like the same old, same old. It doesn't look like there's going to be anything resolved. It seems like it's going to be challenging. Um It doesn't really look like there's going to be any shifts on that front. And that's all I actually have to tell you. So good luck with that. Um, I really hope things change. But this is a good time to focus on self, do your work, you know, practice, um, and see if you can get any improvement. And if you don't improve, then it becomes clearer the more that we master skills, what situations are going to work for us versus not. Um, And that is a really big opportunity. And that's the point right now for you is for you to be pushed into that point of looking for resolutions, um, upping skill set, and then seeing what works for you and what doesn't. And that's the point of it right now, uh, which is really good to know. If another person, what's going to do? Because um, they're doing that to you to give you the opportunity to figure that stuff out. Um, and we have one more. We're going to do Alex in Edmonton really quick because we're really pushing it here to the top of the hour. Alex in Edmonton has been offered a work opportunity up north, and he's wondering if this is a positive move. A moment here, Alex in Edmonton. Yeah, I mean, I want to be clear. I think this looks like a pretty good um, move. I'm not going to say this is going to be like the best thing ever um, to ever happen for all of time. But what I will say is... It looks like it's positive enough. It looks like you're going to be getting along with people. Um, it looks like there's going to be a lot of energy moving for you, um, you know, inwardly and stuff like that. And there's a lot of changes and a lot of growth that you can have from going into, from from actually doing that. So it actually looks like a really positive um, piece of growth. Um, let's see. If we had to put this in terms of a seminar, if you're having to attend a seminar, we'd say like this could be an opportunity for like three seminars worth of growth, um, provided you let it. It's a really good opportunity for you. It's a really good place to um, <coughs> make new friends, open your heart up more. Um, you know, learn about hey, you know, I can do this here. I can't. I can't do that. Whatever. Um, It looks like a really good opportunity and a great way to put some money in your pocket. So good luck with that, Alex, and congratulations. Um, Again, you know, so did 10 out of 10, but it's, you know, it's at least a 7, and that's pretty darn good, and it's going to be way better than what you're dealing with currently right now. So thank you so much, everybody. Wow, really close to the top of the hour. Again, my name is Elma Hoshim Taz, and go... Find me at enlightenmentinthecity.com. That's www.enlightenmentinthecity.com. Come for your coaching. Come for the readings too, of course, but come for your coaching because there's a lot of stuff that you can do that can really improve your life. And the nice thing is that it always benefits you. It creates more ease. It creates more love easier to get along with other people, the whole nine yards. It's really amazing. So thank you so much again, and you can find me here every single week as well, newsforthesoul.com, every single Thursday, 3 p.m. PST, New York and Chicago. That's your rush hour. I love you. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com.